0: Welcome to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. Our mission is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. One of the ways we do that is through the preaching of God's word, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's this week's message. Hey, good morning, everyone. How you doing? Good. Hey, man, I am pumped to be here. Wasn't that an awesome time of worship? Can we just say thank you to the Lord that we can sing and gather uh, together? Well, if you're a first-timer, man, my name is Buck. And uh, I have the incredible privilege of being the lead pastor here uh, at our church where everything we do uh, is focused on connecting people uh, to a growing relationship with Jesus. And so um, I'm excited we're in week four uh, of a series called Family Matters, where what we've been talking about is how we uh, can flourish in the family uh, of God. And so uh, it's been incredible. If you've missed uh, some of the, the sermons from this series, I encourage you to go back and listen to those. And let me just say something and On that. Thank you guys for allowing me a couple weeks to serve in some different areas. And one of the things I believe that as we grow, uh, a healthy church uh, has a plurality of leaders. What that means is there are other people uh, that can stand up here and preach the Word of God. And so Randy and AJ have done a great job, man. Isn't it awesome that God is raising up people right within our church that are gifted to uh, share God's Word, man? That's just incredible. And we're thankful uh, for that. But today we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10 uh, through 20, and so um, we're going to be talking about uh, spiritual warfare and the reality of that, and no, don't uh, start thinking about uh, girls levitating and spinning around weird stuff like that. That's not uh, what I'm going to show you today, but no, I'm going to bring you into the reality of this time and space we find ourselves in, uh, in the family of God. And so we're going to share that this week here in just a moment. Next weekend, uh, we're going to have family worship where I'm going to be talking about uh, parents and children and what that relationship looks like uh, in the family of God and how God designed it. And then August 8th, we're back in A Greater Story. Can I just say, anybody excited to hop back into A Greater Story uh, as we continue to walk through the Bible? Yeah, we can, we can clap for that. I'm excited as we're going to continue walking through the Bible and see how every story points to Christ. And so uh, with that being said, let's hop into the Word of God. And and I'm a little bit uh, more geared up than usual. I I don't usually do this, but if you don't mind, would you mind standing as we read the Word of God together uh, real quick? We're going to read uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. This is the Word of the Lord. It says, "A final word, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on, the full, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities uh, of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against spiritual, evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil." Then after the battle, you will, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all, these things, to all, these, all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times. And on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for the Lord too. Ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan. That the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching this, this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Lord, we love you. God, I pray right now, just as Paul prayed in this passage, Lord, I pray that right now this time um, you would use me uh, as your vessel, God, that um, your word would go forth uh, in truth and in power. And um, Father, we just ask you to come in this time, meet us all exactly where we are with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so we're looking at uh, Ephesians chapter 6, been walking through uh, Ephesians four seventeen 17 through uh, chapter 6. And so today we're going to be talking about um, what Paul is saying when it comes to uh, darkness and light pushing against each other. And what we see in here uh, is that we have a real enemy, we see that we're in a real battle, and... Paul gives us the weapons we are to fight with. And so I was thinking about this. Uh, Does anybody play or have children that play Fortnite? Is anybody uh, familiar with that? All right, this is a horrible example, but we're going to carry on because I got it down and we're going to keep rolling with this. But uh, in this game Fortnite, a little bit weird, but it's a first-person shooter where 100 folks on their little games uh, get dropped in. And, and I don't know this a lot from experience. My nephew plays, but I've seen it. So you get dropped in on this, uh, this, this big school bus and you're dropped in and, and you start uh, fighting against each other. Well, as the game goes on, what the game's making you do is come closer and closer together because these, what I call, death zones start popping up, all right? It's this big red area, and if you see the death zone coming to you, uh, your little uh, little computer dude, he better run off, right? Because what happens if you stay in the death zone, right, all of your energy is going to be zapped, and you're just going to fall over and die. I no one even has uh, to shoot you. And so um, what I want to show you uh, is this, is that circle, um, what I call the death zone, is a lot like um, the spaces uh, where the enemy rules and reigns, right? And I want to show you that today, that we have a real enemy, and that we have an enemy where sin and Satan rule our lives, rules communities, rules families, rules ways of life. What you will see inevitably uh, is death and destruction. We're going to see it personally, relationally, environmentally, structurally. Man, you can go back throughout uh, church history where we see an absence of the church we see an uptick in destruction hear that one more time where we see an absence of the light of Christ the church's presence we will see death and destruction reign and so with that being said of the many things we could say about Christ in the body of Christ what we are are agents of light in this world pressing back against darkness that one more time. What we are are agents of Christ's light dropped in this world, pushing aback against the darkness and what I call the death zone, which is where Satan and sin rule. God's word says this in John eight twelve. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. That in a world of darkness sin and in shame, what we see is the light of Christ. And then what Jesus told us to do in Matthew 5, he says, you and me, kingdom people, those that have a relationship with Jesus, we are to be salt and light in the world. And so what we began to see uh, is a great battle is drawn with the people of Christ, the light here, and then the the people and the, the world and the places that are led by sin and Satan are darkness, and these two forces are now pitted against each other, right? In a battle that's been going on since Eve took a bite of fruit in the garden. Right, that we are in this big story, and now I want to talk you through how it looks uh, to wage war in this place. In fact, the main point of today, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. How do we, as the family of God, fight well in the battle against spiritual forces uh, of darkness? And there's a lot to learn from this passage. Uh, I want to bring you into the context here. So Ephesians is written uh, in about 60, 61 A.D., um, and what is happening here, Paul is actually writing this letter from prison. Right, that he's been engaging in this battle, and this battle has landed him in prison. And so what we learn in Acts 18 and 19 uh, is that Paul planted and helped strengthen and build up the church in Ephesus, a place that was um, heavily, heavily led uh, by a goddess, a false idol, a false god named Artemis, right? And so um, Paul goes in, plants this church, and we see this great move of the Lord. Right, that we see Paul win many people to Christ, and we begin to see a vibrant, life-giving light of a church here in Ephesus. But what I want you to know is this, okay? and I want you to take this down. Oftentimes, when there's an increase of light, you can be prepared for the spiritual forces of darkness to come against. Hear that again. Whenever there is an uptick in the light of Christ, we will see uh, spiritual forces of darkness come against. In fact, Paul even mentions this in his letters. There was a guy named Demetrius. Okay, now we don't know uh, Demetrius, but we learned he was a silversmith, right? Like he he made little uh, idols of this god, Artem- this goddess Artemis. Well, guess what, man? When people get saved, uh, they quit buying the stuff he's making, right? Like imagine your business going bankrupt because people are getting saved. you understand what I'm saying? Right? And so people are getting saved, and this guy Demetrius is like, dude, I ain't real crazy about this Jesus cat because they're not buying my silver stuff. Right? He's not buying this, this false idol that he makes out of silver. And so there's a great riot Like Paul is about to be torn to bits, and we see war being waged against this um, life-giving movement of a church in Ephesus. Well, I want you to know something. I've learned this in my life, okay? Things have not changed much in the last 2,000 years. Things have not changed much in the last 2,000 years. And I want you to hear this. Usually when there's an increase of God's light, there's going to be an increase of Satan's opposition. Hear that again. Where there's an increase of God's light, there's usually an increase of Satan's opposition. And so we find ourselves uh, in a spiritual battle. So let's look at the passage and see what Paul instructs us to do with this passage. Verse number 10, let's read it together. It says, the final word. So he's getting ready to write, the, to close this letter up. He's getting ready uh, to finish up this instruction for the church, the family of God. And how many of you guys know, have we got any teachers up in the house right, usually whatever you want them kids to know, you better roll with it at the end of class, man, I ain't been listening, you hear what I'm saying, you, you want to finish with something very important, so Paul is not saying, hey, here's the tagline of all I've been teaching, no, brother and sister, you need to take this with you, right, and so let's see what he says, he says the final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, number one, take this with you, we've got to have the right mentality, we've got to have the right mentality. Mentality, and so uh, the 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 spiritual life is so different than the physical life, and sometimes this frustrates me. um, In that you know, I can remember um, when I when I had a, a battle physically. Like I knew what to do, and I knew what I could do uh, to go and win the battle. Right, so I come from a wrestling background. Uh, wrestled in high school. Wrestled a little bit um, in college. And so, um, coming off of my senior, or coming off of my junior year, I just won a state championship. Um, and and I was cruising into my senior year and uh, looking looking to hopefully win another one. Well. First tournament of the year. It's actually the West Lawrence tournament, coincidentally. Um, and, and so uh, I'm getting ready. I'm thinking, man, I'm about to blow through this. I can, I can win this tournament. I invited my girlfriend. That's always a mistake when you're a wrestler um, at that age. Man, they're, they're distracting. Still, still are sometimes. But anyway, um, but uh, I, I was distracted. I was up in the stands, just sitting with my girlfriend. And so I walk out there, match one, and I lose. Like, I'd lost a handful of times my entire time in high school. And so I did not train. I did not work hard. I did not go out there and warm up. No, I would rather sit up there uh, in the stands just hanging out. And, uh, And I go out there and I lose. I mean, I was so frustrated. I was so angry that I just got beat. Like, I had just gotten whipped but I knew what to do. I went and I grabbed weights. I grabbed my wrestling partner and I busted my tail for the rest of the year, won 59 straight matches and, and won state that year, right? And so I knew like in the battle, I could go and just start hitting weights. I could start working out. I could get up. I could run more bleachers. But what I want you to know is this trait does not fully translate in the Christian life and that our fight is not one that's physical, but rather it's fault in the spiritual realm. So hear this. I want you to, Take this with you. We can't fight a spiritual enemy with a worldly mentality. Hear that again. We cannot fight a spiritual enemy with a worldly mentality. Bootstraps and gritting teeth in the spiritual life does not work. Pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and saying, I'm going to be a better person. I'm going I'm I'm to just stop getting whipped in this area. And, man, when you're not fighting with spiritual weapons, you're going out there to get whipped, man. It's like you're sitting in the stands. You're going out there, and you're about to take one on the chin. Because we can't fight a spiritual enemy from worldly methods. Look at me. This is the instruction. Notice in verse 10, it says, Be strong, not in yourself. Don't be strong in someone else, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. So hear this. The Lord is our strength and power. Where the world says you work at it and become your best, what God is saying, surrender to me and watch me give you my best. Right? What we see is this worldly mentality of of, um, be better. You've got to do more. You've got to be more. But what Jesus is saying, what God is saying, you come to me and come to me with a heart of surrender and not saying, watch what I can do, God, but go to God and say, God, I can't do it. I need you. Because, see, what happens is true spiritual success begins in total surrender of self. Hear that one more time. True spiritual success begins in total surrender of self. Man, this was so hard for me to learn for so long because all I knew was to go grit, grit, grit my teeth and go. And man, no matter how hard I tried to kill that sin, no matter how hard I tried to be a better person, no matter how hard I tried to be a better Christian, what I began to learn is I didn't have the makeup to make it happen. I continued to fall back into the same sins, the same things, and I stayed in the same spot. And finally, when you fight with worldly mindset, you get ready to quit and give up. But see, what Jesus is saying here is this. We have to exchange self-determination for spirit-led discipline. Hear that one more time. We have to exchange self-determination for spirit-led discipline. And see, the fuel you need is found in Christ to fight the battle. See, Satan is not someone we can just shoot a double leg and wrestle that sucker to the ground, right? You can't see him. He's slick like that. And so what we begin to have to learn is how to find the resources we need. And hear this, the daily resources we need to fight the battle are in Jesus. So uh, two camps here. One, if you have a born-again relationship with Jesus, and what I mean is you once were in sin, you recognized an old life, you came to faith in Christ and God gave you a new life right? These are the resources available. In the other camp, if you're not sure about that, man, guess what? You came to church today to hear that God wanted you to have that, right? That you, you could come to faith in Christ today, and he can give you a new life. And once we have that new life, look with me in Ephesians 1.3. I'm going to read three passages. These are the resources we have in Christ. Ephesians 1.3, this is what it says. It says, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. The first thing I want you to see is the availability of spiritual blessing. Look with me in verses 19 and 20. It says, I pray also that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. For who? For us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. The second resource we see, the availability of God's power. Does it not just blow you away that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us if we want it and we'll tap into it. And remember, be led and disciplined to get in the presence of God. Third thing, I want you to look with me in 2.6, Ephesians 2.6. Paul's laying out some glorious truths for us. It says, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. The third thing, the availability of God's victory. I want you to see the availability of God's victory. It is amazing. If we've been born again, we have a relationship with Jesus. Spiritually, our souls are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. We just haven't, our bodies just haven't caught up yet. So listen to this, as we go through this difficult life, as we fight a real enemy, as the fighting gets fierce, understand we don't fight hoping for victory, we fight from a place of victory, right? That when we come to faith in Christ, he gives us his victory and the weapons to walk in the battle as we get to the place we've ultimately already uh, been placed, and that's with him in heaven, amen? So we come from a place of victory. So I want you to know, take this with you, never forget, we don't fight For victory, we fight from victory as Christians. And ask yourself a question. You you, you say, well, real quick, just think about it. If the resources we need are found in Jesus, that means the only place I can get them is to go spend time with Jesus. Ask yourself this question. How would your life look different if you decided to spend time with Jesus every day? How would your life look different if you decided to gain the resources needed to find victory in the day? our life would look much differently. Now read with me in verses 11 through 13. This is what it says. This is flipping back to Ephesians 6. Let's start in verse 11. This is what it says. It says, Now put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We'll stop right there. Second thing I want you to take with you. I want you to recognize the right enemy. I want you to recognize the right enemy. I want you to recognize that there's a true enemy out there that's fighting against you. Okay, two things. I mean, I I think about it, man, of of all the things we talk about uh, in the body of Christ, this is something we probably don't share enough that we actually are fighting against a real enemy. If you've not come to faith in Christ, listen, you have an enemy who wants you to stay where you are. He wants you to believe that that your life, you have gone too far to receive the love of Christ. He wants you to stay where you are. And if you're a believer, what he wants to do, he wants to keep you from walking in Christ's fullness. He wants to keep you from becoming effective for the kingdom. He wants to keep you from your family flourishing in Christ. No, he wants to come against you and keep you from Christ's best for you. That's a real enemy. That's what we have. But many times... We don't recognize and believe that we're in a fight. You know, the Christian life is not uh, hopping on a cruise ship and getting a ticket to heaven. No, it's stepping into the battle to push back darkness with light. That's what the church is. That's what uh, a believer is. I, it reminds me of this story I heard um, one time. In, uh, there was a guy who owned uh, a boxing gym, right? And, uh, and he owned this boxing gym, and, and they were fired up. There's this big, big fight coming to town. The champ was fighting the number one contender. Well, it turns out the number one contender uh, gets hurt, and so uh, this big fight's coming, and there's no one to fight the champ. They've already sold a bunch of tickets, so they go to this old trainer, and they say, sir, listen, we've we got to have somebody to fight. We can't lose all this money. Do you have anyone that could last five rounds with the champ? And he looks around, and he's not a big-time deal, and, and he looks at old boy in the corner. He ain't been here long, but the boy's got an iron jaw. He ain't the smartest guy in the world, but the guy can take a punch, all right? And he says, all right, yeah, I got the guy. Let's, let's line this fight up. So basically his job is to make this guy make it five rounds so that he can get paid and, and everything's going to work out. So the big day of the title fight comes, and the, the champ's over there warming up, and, and, uh, and they go out there in round one. The champ just abuses this guy. I mean, he is just, ta- I mean, he is just getting them, wearing them out. And uh, the, the old boy, the old, old, old boy that, uh, that's just got the iron jaw, he's just taking shots, taking shots. Well, finally, somehow the, the bell rings. He comes over to the corner, and the trainer gets in his face, and he says, Son, you're doing great. Listen, he's barely touched you. You just keep ducking and moving. He hasn't hit you yet. Just keep going, keep going. Boy shakes his head, all right. Goes out there round two, and I'm talking about this round, he gets pummeled. I mean, he's just getting, str- he's just getting beat up left and right the chance wearing him out he comes back to the corner he tells him again he said listen you just keep ducking and moving stay with your jabs he hadn't even hit you yet listen he hadn't even touched you man you're doing great you're doing great third round goes out and he's to a pulp man i mean he's beating down he's hitting three rounds in and he comes to the corner and he tells and the trainer sits down and he says man listen you hadn't even been hit yet and the old the old boy that's been fighting he gets up and he finally says something he says well, I, well listen I want you to watch that referee. Somebody's beating the heck out of me out there, right? <laughs> and so I say that to say, I think that's how we approach spiritual warfare. That, that, that we know life's hard. We know our family ain't flourishing like it could. We know I, I don't have joy like I should. I, I know there's more to life than this. I know uh, uh, Anybody feel like sometimes you just get beat up in life and you don't know where it's coming from? You try and do right, but you feel like you can't. You try and take that next step, and you feel like you just keep falling. Listen, most of our worldly problems are rooted in spiritual realities. Hear that again. Most of our worldly problems are rooted in spiritual realities, and we're taking shots, and we don't know where it's coming from. I want to lean you in right here. Maybe you're nominal at best about the Christian faith. I've been following Jesus long enough to know uh, this is a real battle. This is a real battle. And what I want to do is to help you identify today the enemy and that we're in uh, a real battle. So most of our earthly problems are rooted in spiritual realities and that we have a real enemy. I want to read Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 real quick and show you what I mean by this. I want to explain this passage uh, just a little more. And so in verse 1 of chapter 2, this is what it says. Um, It says, uh, Once you were dead because of your disobedience, and, many sins. and what Paul's doing here is he's getting ready to share the good news of the gospel. But again, there's two coins here. And the coin, before we come to faith in Christ, this is what he's talking about. He's talking to a church. So he's talking to people that have been born again, that have a relationship with Jesus. He says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Now, I don't know if y'all seen dead stuff much, but this stuff ain't moving. You with me? Dead stuff ain't making itself alive, man. Listen, I, I, I'm telling you, you, you go past something that got hit on the road, like it's, it's just dead, right? Doesn't move. Well, listen, what Paul is saying is spiritually that's who we are before Christ, that we're spiritually dead. And he says this is because we have disobeyed, that you have disobeyed because of the many sins, verse 2. Now, again, talking to the believer, he says you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. This is what I want you to hone in on obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen realm. You see that? That's talking about leadership. That's a commander. The one who is working the spiritual forces of darkness we just read is the enemy. And it says when we were dead in our sins, we were under the leadership of someone that is against all that is good and right in the world. It says that we were in his leadership. Verse 3, it says all of us. Now listen, you may be saying, oh, yeah, I'm... Listen, he's talking to the Christian. He says, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Three things I want you to see. Spiritually, we're dead in our sin. We disobey God. And when we are spiritually dead, we are under the enemy's leadership and understand that he is the spirit at work in those that are disobedient right? And think about it like this. Um, you know, what that causes is division, is dissension, is anger. Man, y'all ain't never ran anybody in, in, uh, in traffic just uh give y'all, give y'all the finger before, right? Y'all ever seen it? Spiritual works, right? That may have been too much at church. I apologize if it was too much. But, but anger, dissension, division, all the fruits of the flesh we see in Galatians 5, there's a deeper source at work in the frustrations we see with people. There's a deeper thing at work. And that as we begin to see the love of Christ, the light of Christ, listen, if anyone you meet, okay, are not in Christ, sin is what they will and should be doing. Hear that one more time. If there's anyone we encounter and they don't know Christ, Sin, darkness, division, dissension is what they will and should be doing because there is nothing in and of ourselves spiritually to make ourselves alive and make us godly. It says, no, we are dead in our sin. And listen, what has to happen is the light of Christ has to come into our life and give us a new heart. That's the only way, right? And so as Christians, Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5, we regard no one from a worldly mindset, but no, we see everyone through the lens of eternity. Right And everyone we encounter, it really goes into two categories, in Christ and not. And he raised us up in Christ to bring those out of Christ into Christ. Amen? That's what I preach for. That's what we're here doing. It's to glorify God, to equip us for the battle. And ultimately, in the battle, we want to reach people where they are, bring them in to the light that God has for us. Amen? And what happens is we have to come to a line in the sand moment because I may be reading that one through three, and I mean, you may be thinking about all the division, the dissension, all the things in your life where you feel like you're getting beat up. You feel like your life you can't get, you can't move forward, you're stuck where you are. Listen, there comes a moment where we gotta stop. We gotta put a line in the sand. We gotta say yes to Jesus. We gotta say yes to getting his word. And brother and sister, it's time to fight back. And there comes a time. A line in the sand moment where we repent, we receive Jesus by faith, and we say, brother, I've had a, a transfer in leadership. I got a different boss, you hear me? I got a, I got a transfer in leadership. I've transferred from darkness to light, and now uh, the Christ is not only an hour of my life, he is now Lord of my life. He's now Lord. And when we're transformed by the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, remember, we're not just getting a ticket to heaven, though we see that our souls are secure in heaven, now, we've been dropped into a battleground, and we're going to fight darkness with light from here until eternity come. Amen? And I look forward to fighting with you, man. Listen, there's something in me, you know, at wrestling. Every now and again, man, I, I just need to fight something, right? Like, I don't know if it's a, a dude thing or maybe it's just me. And I see it playing itself out in my three-year-old. My gosh. I mean, is just wanting to fight something to most of the sisters. But anyway, um, but we are created with that to do spiritual battle, And again, we don't fight with a worldly mindset, but the more you read your word, the more you pray, and I'm about to show you this in a minute, uh, the more you're being equipped for something bigger than just yourself. You're being equipped for the battle. And listen, just don't settle with the status quo. Whether it be your marriage, parenting, individually struggling with sexual immorality, struggling with anger and bitterness, being whatever, whatever it may be, frustrations with people, deep roots of unforgiveness. Um, listen, you don't have to battle. You don't have to stay in the status quo, but you can battle. And some of you may be battling, right? And maybe it feels like as you're battling, the enemy has come twice as hard against you. Let me give you some encouragement, brother and sister. If you're feeling the fight, it might mean that you finally become a threat to the enemy. If you're feeling the fight, you may have finally become a threat to the enemy. I want to go back to Ephesians 6. It says in verse uh, 11, the second half, it says to stand firm. You remember that line in the sand against the strategies of the devil? Listen, the devil don't need a strategy for someone not fighting against him, right? He doesn't need a strategy if you're not fighting against the spiritual fortness, uh, forces of darkness. And so as you feel uh, this, this fight, listen, don't let it produce fear. Rather, increase your faith in Christ to help you fight the battle. Let's continue. In verse 13, chapter 6, this is called the armor of God. Let's start in verse uh, 14. And this is usually preached, man, every now and then the Holy Spirit just leads me to do some things differently. Everybody I've ever heard, they preach the armor of God. Um, I want to summarize the armor of God, and I want to move you into prayer. But um, the third thing I want you to take with you is this. Put on the armor of God. Let's read verse 13, or 14. It says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Listen, I want to notice something here. I said to put on the armor. You see it, the put on, to put on. Now, unless there's something uh, really strange with you, even when you play football, um, nobody sleeps in armor. Amen? Nobody sleeps in armor. That would be super weird if I slept in my football outfit, right? No, what we have to do is we have to get up in the morning and put on the armor. We have to get up and put on the armor. He's talking about discipline. He's talking about how to put on the armor starts with spiritual discipline. In fact, I want you to take this with you. Getting armored up is all about spiritual growth, okay? Nobody sleeps in armor. We have to get up and put it on. Well, but what do you want us to put on? Well, the belt of truth points to the Word of God. That means that we have to have time in it. We have to spend time with it. And listen, there's a million Bible, Bible uh, little Bible um, things on the Bible app. Like, like, Even if you don't know where to start, man, there's plenty of resources to help you. Get involved in a connect group. We'll walk with you. But it starts with the Word of God. So the second piece is the body armor of God's righteousness. Well, listen, we're made right with God by faith. What it's saying is, is to be faithful, to walk by faith, to put on faith. So we have to have faith. We have to spend time in God's word. Number three is feet fitted with the gospel, right? It's the gospel that transforms us, but it's also the gospel that moves us to mission. So the word of God, faith, living life on mission. Number four, the shield of faith. It's going back again. We place our faith again in Jesus. We remember what he's done for us. Every day we remember what Jesus has done. And then number five, the helmet of of salvation, what this is is spending time with God, increasing our faith, renewing our minds around who we are in Christ, right? And so what you see is this armor, and all of it, if I could summarize it, okay, is rooted in deciding to grow spiritually, spending time with Jesus every day, deciding to grow. Uh, Jim George had a great quote. He said it like this: He said, "Faith, prayer and the Word of God." are the weapons God provides you with to, with to fight spiritual battles. Hear that. Faith that's believing in Jesus, for what he's done, and that's where my hope and strength is. Prayer and the word of God are the weapons provided. If I could summarize it, this is how you get armored up. Know your Savior, know your Bible, know how to pray. Hear that again. Know your Savior, know your Bible, know how to pray. I just gave you the tools to begin to grow and learn how to fight well as the family of God, right? So ask yourself the question, if if putting on the armor is about growing spiritually, ask yourself, have I grown in my relationship with Jesus after I've gotten saved? Have I grown? Am I maturing, right? Like if this is the, 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 the goal of, of winning the spiritual battle, of learning how to bite, fight darkness is being fueled with light, fueled with putting on the armor, then growth is essential to victory. And listen, when you decide to grow, okay, not only are you going to be strengthened, you're going to see a change in your household, you're going to see a change where you work, you're going to see a change in your friend circles. And listen, if, if we all are reading our Bible, praying, seeking God, looking to live it out, uh, how many of y'all enjoyed worship this morning? That's because the Spirit of God is alive in here. You know why it's good? Because there's people here hungry to grow. You ever been in a place where everybody's like, hour and a half? When nobody wants to grow, that's what it'll be. But when the body of Christ comes hungry to hear the word of God, he'll give me what I need to to give the word of God, right? And so when we come hungry to grow, we're going to see this church even more vibrant. As it has been, we're going to see more. And man, the the presence of God is contagious. And man, you're going to want to invite people in to experience this space where we sing, preach, and pray to the Savior, the Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Amen. Man, I just want to give him praise a minute. That's good stuff, man. Listen. I know we're non-dominational. I was getting my, my charismatic on right there. Listen. All right. But the only way this church comes to be is if we grow and become all God has called us to be, individually. Then, lastly, be persistent in prayer. Be persistent in prayer. I, I want to. Can I? I love talking about vision. I love talking about where we're going and what God's doing and and this move of God here, right here in this city, in a theater, right right here. Man, it's just incredible. The people that have come to faith in Christ, children but I want to give you what I've learned from where we've been and where we are going. Verse 18, it says to pray in the spirit on all occasions and on every occasion, on, on, uh, at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Verse 19, he says, pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. Verse 20. Remember, Paul's writing this in prison. I'm in chains now and still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Number four, this is how we win. This is how we fight well together. Be persistent in prayer. Oswald Chambers said, Prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Spiritual warfare isn't just a personal matter. Church, listen, bring it in. This is a family matter. And it it takes all of us praying to win. We need to gather together. We need to grow together. And we need to pray together for one another. Man, I'll tell you, as I look at the story of our church, man, uh, uh, there was a a lot of people on fire for the gospel uh, to see people reach that no one would reach. that that we're not being reached in this community. And by God's grace, uh, we've seen over 200 people baptized in this house. Now listen, that's incredible. Can we just give God a hand for that? Like, that's not normal. But listen, what, what I've learned and I've experienced myself, you remember what Paul learned in Ephesus? Where there's an increase of light, where there's an increase of light, there will be an increase of Satan's strategy, and an enemy that comes against us. And by God's grace, God has sustained us. I've felt some of that. I've walked through some of that. Leaders in our church have walked through some of that. Though we all fall and, and struggle with sin, remember, most of our worldly problems are rooted in spiritual realities. And a lot of times, right before God's about to give breakthrough for people, he, he's about to, the Satan's about to try his best to keep them where they are. I've experienced that. I've seen in every season of the church of, of things will happen when people are about to experience breakthrough. Satan's gonna come and twist that stuff up. He just does, that's what he does. So let me encourage you, okay? Fight well and know that right before God does something awesome in your life and the life of churches and the body of Christ, the fighting gets fierce. But on the other side of that fighting, man, is a lot of joy and we're gonna see a move of God like we've never seen before. Amen, that's gonna happen. I really believe that. I believe that in the days ahead, that, that, that this fall and moving in, just get ready. I believe we're about to see God do some incredible things. So what I want you to know is stay prayed up for yourself, your household, for your friends, for your church family. And listen, Paul, who wrote most of the books in the New Testament, planted most of the first churches in the old world. Paul said he needed prayer. Listen, and I mean this, and I'm not joking. I need your prayers. I need, I need them. You got some extra time, pray for me. Pray that I would love well, I would love you well, I'd pastor this church well, I'd lead well. Because, man, I I know the more we grow and the more we seek to reach people, for people to come to faith, that we will have to engage this battle. But I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to fighting from here till kingdom come, amen. Would you join me in prayer? Would you do that? Let's pray. And right now, as I get ready to pray, if there's anyone here, today's the line in the sand, the Holy Spirit's probably been working on you for weeks. God may have been working on you for a while, and man, it's just time. It's just time to surrender your life to Christ. It's time to get in the game. We need you. We need you, and God loves you. God wants you to know him. And so if that's you today, I'm gonna pray, and I'm gonna give you that invitation in just a moment. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you are doing and have done uh, in the life of this body. Lord, as we've seen good times, we've seen difficult times, we've seen everything in between. God, thank you for your grace and your mercy and that we have victory in Jesus, Lord, to get us through every season, every battle. And Lord, I pray for the household. I pray for the man or the woman that feels stuck, that the fighting's fierce, or maybe just realized today that the reason why things are so hard, because we do have an enemy that wants to keep us in bondage. I pray that that would be illuminated today. I pray that that, today that word would stick in a way that we don't have to stay where we are. But in Christ, we can be delivered. We can be healed. We can be restored. We can be rescued. I pray for that. I pray for that household. I pray, God, that chains would be broken off now. Any any deception, any any work of the enemy to keep us where we are, to keep us from walking in the freedom of Jesus, I pray against that right now in Jesus' name. I pray that those, those chains are broken off and people walk in freedom today, God. Well, we've exposed the enemy. We've exposed his lies. We've exposed that that he's a reality. And God, I pray now that we would fight with your weapons, with prayer, claiming your word, placing our faith in Jesus. And anyone here that has never placed their faith in Jesus, may they just walked in the church today. You say, but today's the line in the sand, man. I want to know Jesus as Lord. What I'm gonna invite you to do uh, is to lift your hand and all we're gonna do is pray with you. Is that anyone here that say, you can just lift your hand, And uh, what we want to do is pray with you. You can just keep it up, if you will. You would say, today is the day I want to know Jesus as the Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you for your presence in this place, God. Lord, I pray now as we respond in song that, Lord, if there's anything we need to come pray for, God, we just saw that we are to pray in the Spirit on all occasions, all kinds of requests. God, would you move us to come forward and pray, to leave whatever chains we're carrying at the, at the foot of the cross, Lord. We love you. Thank you for your word, Jesus. In your name, amen. amen. I love you, God. Thanks for tuning in to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message stirred your affections for Jesus. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. For more information about our church and other resources, please visit ConnectionDublin.com.